Parenthood is a time of so much change for you and your baby. A little reliable information can go a long way towards making this new life a good life. I'm Jessica Rolfe, and this is My New Life, a Love Every Podcast. I remember the time I asked Leland to vacuum the floor. He was three. We had just gotten a small rechargeable hand vacuum, and I was so excited to empower him. He can take ownership over the daily pile of crumbs under his chair. It took just about everything in me to not direct him. Over there, more crumbs, there. I couldn't wait until he was done so I could just finish the job right myself. I really had to channel my type B mom persona. Whether it be tidying up the toys, setting the table, or sorting laundry, involving your toddler with chores around the house is almost always an exercise in patience. And it most certainly is not going to produce impeccable results. But results are not the goal here. Developing a habit of helpfulness and a sense of autonomy is what we're after. Here to explain how to do this is Gina Toomey. She is a behavioral specialist and parent coach. So Gina, why should we go to the trouble of getting our toddlers to help around the house? I mean, honestly, let's face it, like it often makes for twice the work. I completely agree with that. I have uh, three children, five and under, so I understand that. And I have some very good speed cleaning skills of my own, and my house would be way cleaner and our transitions would be way faster if I did everything on my own. But I need to always take a step back and realize that my actions and how I view my children communicate to them how they view themselves. So if I do everything for them, what I am telling them and showing them is that I don't view them as being capable and I don't view them as being independent and that I view them as somebody who is only helped and not somebody who helps and somebody that helps other people. So if we hand over some chores and some activities and responsibilities to our children, what we are showing them is that they are capable and that we view them as being capable and they internalize that and they then view themselves as being capable. They will also then see themselves as a valuable part of the household. I'm sold. You're sold. I'm sold. I'm sold. <laughs> and yeah. I, you know, I, I heard you use the word chore, which I often use. And then recently I heard the word contribution is a better word to use than chores. And I started correcting myself when I would say it's time for our family contributions. <laughs> so can you yeah, tell me about that? I really that? like that. Yeah. So I often use like the word responsibility and that we all, that it is like a team effort that we as a family all have responsibilities. Um, and we are a team and we work together. I think back to my childhood of like, I had these chores that I needed to check off. And it was something that was just told to me to do. Um, and wasn't something that was either explained or something that I understood that, that it just didn't feel as much like a team effort. Um, and so that's like the word contribution or the word responsibility, um, definitely reframes that of like everybody working together as a team. And so a lot of our listeners have one and two-year-olds at home. How do we make sense of this concept of chores? Like when's it, what's a good age to introduce the concept of contributions, of responsibility? Are they too small at one and two to be helpful? No, not at all. I mean, you're using the term helpful loosely. At such a young age, what you're doing is you're laying the groundwork. 
So when you first have your child and you have a newborn, you are doing everything for them. You are changing the diaper, you are feeding them, you are moving them. And as your child slowly gets older, you are passing off things for them to do. You are handing over responsibilities to them. Um, And one of the, the great places to start would be to hand over those self-help skills. And that like when you think of the word chore or things like that, you might not think of self-help skills, but in terms of a contribution or a responsibility, self-help skills are definitely the first place to start in contributing to um, a family culture. I love that. I remember reading that too, that really being able to, you know, brush their hair or wipe their face with a little washcloth. That's the beginning of kind of how we can think about creating these little responsible beings. So I love that perspective. Okay. So what if you have a two or a three-year-old um, or even a one-year-old, but that's refusing to help, you know, like <laughs> has some kind of fit or just ignores you when you're asking them to clean up their toys? How do we, how can we motivate them? One of the best pieces of advice that I think I ever got as a parent, like coming into parenting, was that you set the thermostat for your family and for your children. Number one, what we want to do is when we are presenting a responsibility, like a one, a two, a three, a four-year-old, that you are presenting it in a way that makes it fun, um, in a way that isn't walking into a room while they're playing and saying, like, you have to stop playing and clean up, Um, that you are really presenting it in a way that is engaging, that you are first connecting with a child, um, that you are spending some time understanding if they're in the middle of playing, that you maybe spend a couple minutes playing with them Um, and then transition into like, okay, like it's time for dinner we need to clean up these toys. So one way to do that is to make a game out of it. So if three and, you know, a two or three-year-old, it is like, oh, let's put the bin of toys in the middle and we can toss them in. Or it is, oh, I see all these blocks out. I see blue blocks and red blocks. How about I get the blue blocks? What color do you want to get? And then providing some choice within it. I think especially toddlers have this really strong, wonderful Thing where they want to be super independent. And so giving them some choice, providing like, oh, there's all these things out. What do you want to help with? Um, and then really focusing on some routines. Maybe every single time you go outside, you do a check of like, okay, it's time to go outside. Oops, first we need to check. There's lots of things on the floor. I wouldn't want anybody to trip. Um, let's clean those up before we go out. And that becomes your your routine and your culture and your family. And it becomes more expected. Um, and then there's less pushback from children. Your suggestion of these transitions of every time we go outside or we're going to you know, do something else that is clearly something else entirely, that that's the time to clean up. Because otherwise you're sort of like, do I tell them to clean up now? Or they have two toys out. Is that okay? How important is the way that we respond to their efforts? So let's say that they're helping and how can we reinforce that this is a good thing? I think that sometimes we can get caught up in like wanting to say the exact right thing all of the time. And I really want to put parents at ease that there isn't one exact thing that you should be saying. And like, even if there was, you can't say it every single time. So in general, it is super important what we say to our children, because I think what we say to them and how we view them becomes their inner voice and it's how they end up viewing themselves, but there's not one right exact thing. So in general, we want to be really positive about their contributions. Um, We really want to praise the effort, especially at this young age, 
praise the effort over their final contribution. If every time your child picks up a broom and tries to sweep the floor in the kitchen, you're saying, oh, you didn't get that spot or get over here, what that communicates to them is like, this isn't that much fun and I'm not very valuable. So really praising the effort over the final product, because especially at young age, they're not going to be able to do things perfectly as you are as an adult. Another way to respond to them is to provide specific praise over general praise. So saying something like, thank you for throwing your dirty clothes in the hamper instead of just like, great job. That way they really know exactly what you were looking for. And then being authentic can go a really long way. Kids can pick up on when praise is authentic and when it's not. Um, And so really being authentic in your praise and also following it up with why that's important that you did that. Um, Hey, thanks for throwing all of your clothes into the wash. Hey, thanks for getting the broom out and sweeping up that kitchen so that the dog doesn't come along and get it. And really pairing it with why it's important to contribute to the family. And now I'm I'm pivoting a little bit, but what happens if there's a mistake, like a spill happens or something, you know, something breaks while they're, you know, in this kind of contribution mode? How should you react in general to that happening? One of your main goals is to be in teaching mode. You are teaching how to do these skills. They don't know how to do them yet. You are guiding them. So if something were to break, then it is a teachable moment. And that you're not getting upset with them because they're learning and those things are expected. One of my favorite things to say when a child breaks something, that it is like, I love you more than that broken bowl. Like that happened and that wasn't an accident. We can clean it up. Like that is a problem that we can solve together. And now we know, like we learned from that. Now we know that we have to hold that bowl with two hands. Like, isn't that great that we learned that? Um, And I can help you with that next time. So if you are in a rush, it's the wrong time to try to help your child learn how to clean the window. You really want to come out at a time, maybe on the weekend, when you're not worried about your next meeting or um, you're not trying to rush out the door to get the kids to school or something like that, that you're doing it at a time um, and you are connecting with them. I think another part of all of these responsibilities and contributions um, is really that it is a time to connect. And so viewing that as a time to connect with your child, that you are getting down on their level and then also really releasing some of the control and letting them try and then praising that effort. Yeah. There's so much more. It's about the being, not the doing. You sort of have to give them that mindset. Yeah, exactly. And coming into it with that mindset ahead of time, which I think we often know as parents when we are in that mindset and when we aren't. Yes. So you've given some great examples of things like self-care and putting clothes in the laundry and sweeping. Do you have any other things that come to mind with you that you've done with your girls that have been good family contributions you can give specific examples of? So I have a really young toddler, a one-year-old, and some of those self-help skills look like I, you know, I can ask her to go get a diaper. Um, she can go grab a diaper. She can grab the diaper cream. When we are all done, we wrap up the diaper and there is a trash can nearby that she can um, throw it in. That we have a hamper near the the bathroom that um, when we are going into the bath, that when clothes come off, um, you know, she's throwing it into a hamper. Uh, we have a, a low drawer so that if we need a a cup, if we need some utensils, that that is easily accessible so that she can get that on her own. And then dressing and undressing, as well as 
self-feeding. So really handing over some of that responsibility um, and making her feel independent and valued and she's part of what's happening in her life. And then we, I also involve her. I've you know looked through my day of like, what are subtasks? So I have these bigger tasks of doing laundry and cleaning the kitchen and um, what else do I do? You know, like all the other things, vacuuming, things like that, picking up rooms, picking up toys. And what are the smaller parts of those bigger tasks that she can help with? So we've talked about sticker charts in some of the work that you've helped me with, with behavior with my kids. And, you know, frankly, I just, I don't know quite know how I feel about them. I, I've tried them a little bit. It seems like they don't work for very long. Can you talk to me more about your um, perspective on sticker charts? I am neither pro sticker chart or anti sticker chart. I think it depends on the family and it depends on the situation. It depends on the behavior. So often what I see is sticker charts being utilized and they are utilized for a week or two and then they sort of like crumble and go away. So I think it's really difficult. One thing that with sticker charts to be useful, um, it needs to be really consistent and the behavior that you're looking for needs to be very specific. I think also with sticker charts, something that can happen, not not always, but that it can create a culture of bargaining. So what do I get? A child can start resorting to, what do I get because I do this? Um, I'm going to clean up, but like, what toy do I get? It can also be what is motivating is a moving target. So when you set up this beautiful sticker chart that is colorful and you've spent all this time, you've gotten these markers, this beautiful board, you sit down and decide on what the child is going to earn from it. And in the moment, they may be really motivated by it. But in a couple days, especially with young toddlers, they lose interest. And I think it's really hard to be consistent with them in homes. I think ultimately, as a parent, you want to be showing that we do these things because they make us feel good. And it is a contribution, as you said, to our family. Um, And that's why we're doing it. Not necessarily because we're going to get something else, but that we all work together as a family. And these are things that need to happen within our home to keep it functioning. And so we're going to all work together as a team to do that. Yes, we so want to promote that intrinsic motivation versus extrinsic, right? Yeah, absolutely. uh, So can you give us some more examples of strategies that we can use instead of rewards? When we are presenting these tasks that we are doing it together and with them and that you are connected with them. So really like using your own power as, or not even your own power, but you're using your relationship with them to connect with them and build on that. You can also use the routines and repetition and using the natural consequences. So instead of some other, you know, extrinsic motivation of like a toy that they're getting, if they've cleaned up their their room five times, you're using those natural consequences that happen throughout the day of, we're going to clean up before we go outside. We're going to clean up before we go have a snack. Um, And so really using your own routine to your advantage. Oh, another thing, instead of using rewards to help motivate is using visual reminders. So there's a difference between a sticker chart and a task to-do list or something like that. Or a little visual in your bathroom that shows clothes going into a hamper. That those are gentle reminders, both for your child and yourself, of what to do. And that can be motivating and help you remember to have your child be involved in those tasks. 
I love thinking about this kind of family contribution as ways of connecting, which is what they care about and, and what they want so much. So I love your perspective on that. So what is your advice to parents who feel like introducing chores is just one more box to tick on an already overwhelming to-do list? I completely understand this. And I wouldn't listen to this podcast or read an article or a blog post and take every single thing that's on the list, every single self-help skill and every way that they can contribute and try to do it tonight before bedtime. It will quickly fizzle. Your child will get frustrated. You will get frustrated is really pick one thing, you know, pick, I'm going to have my child when they take up after they take a bath or before they take a bath, take their dirty clothes and toss them in a hamper that I'm going to move closer so that it's more convenient and easier for them to do. And start there and do that for a week, do that for a month until that is habit for both you and your child. And then add on to it. It doesn't need to be something where you go into your daily life and completely overhaul everything that you're doing. I think it's also really helpful to think about where you can fit it into your life and be kind to yourself as well. So if you are busy during the week and this just feels way too overwhelming, then like you'll get to it on the weekend and, you know, set some time aside on the weekend, if it's just too much to like give your, you know, give your kid 10 minutes to put their shoes on when you're trying to get them out the door in the morning, that's okay. And like give them that time on the weekend before they go to the park. And another thing I want to add is just like simply looking at your own environment can go a really long way. So thinking about how can we set up my child for success? Can they be more independent with washing their hands if I give them a stool or if I provide them with soap that they can reach on their own? Is my trash can accessible? Do I need a smaller trash can for them so that I'm really setting them up for success and making our, like your own home environment conducive to your child helping? I love that. And it feels like our kids are becoming more and more capable every day. And part of our role as parents is to keep up with them. So thank you so much for all these valuable reminders, Gina. It's been wonderful talking to you. It's been wonderful to talk to you too. And I hope that our paths keep crossing. I'm so appreciative of the parenting coaching Gina has given Decker and me. Let's review some of her pointers. Takeaway number one, if we do everything for our child, it communicates that they are someone who has helped rather than someone who helps. Hand over some responsibilities and your toddler will be more likely to view themselves as capable and a helper. Explain to your toddler that keeping the house clean is a team effort. Contributions or responsibilities are good alternatives to the word chores. Takeaway number two, if you are in a rush, it is the wrong time to request help from your child. Choose a time when you can coach them. Your goal is to give them a positive feeling for having contributed. Release control and praise the effort. Keep in mind, kids pick up on authentic praise. Follow a genuine thanks with some specifics. Something like this. Thanks for picking up the Legos so your baby brother doesn't come along and get into them. Takeaway number three. You set the thermostat for your family. When asking for help with responsibilities, present the job in a way that is fun and engaging. First, connect with your child. For example, take a moment to sit down and play with them and then explain that it is time to clean up the toys. Connection is really what they're after. It is often more powerful than a sticker or other reward. Takeaway number four, set them up for success by starting small. 
What little adjustments can you make to the household to make things easier to access? And rather than implementing a long list of responsibilities, choose just one to tackle. For example, begin with putting clothes in the hamper and then add to it. Overhauling everything you are doing in one weekend will just lead to overwhelm. You can find lots of age-appropriate household activities on the Love Every blog at loveevery.com. You've been listening to My New Life. If you think this episode might be helpful to a fellow parent, please share. And if you'd like to learn more about the topics discussed in today's show, head over to loveevery.com. That's L-O-V-E-V-E-R-Y.com. I'm Jessica Rolfe. Thanks for listening. Thank you.